breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty, and on the Jack Spring Electric yeah. Newsmaker Hotline, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser joining us. Uh, good morning, Lieutenant Governor. Good morning, my friend. How y'all doing? Well, we're doing well. Thank you so much. Do you have your cape on? Have you saved Mardi Gras? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think things are going to work out. I had a good meeting with the mayor. And uh, I believe they're well on the way to all the agreements uh, being signed. And, uh, you know, it was an effort by a lot of people. Stacy with the tourism um, there has done a great job at uh, recruiting some law enforcement to help fill the gap. And I think everything's going to work out. So, uh, so that was that that everybody... a big issue of contention is the uh, law enforcement would need post-certified officers. Where are those coming from now? Well, I believe they have several groups that have agreed to pitch in. I believe they do have state police, uh, and uh, they were still putting the final numbers together. We also offered, if they run short, to let some of our park rangers and museum police, which are post-certified, fill that gap if if things uh, at the last minute, some of the uh, uh, people they have planned don't uh, – don't uh, fill that gap. We will uh, supplement that and help out. So I believe they've, you know, I, I was there to offer my support. Uh, I'm, I was very pleased with the meeting, and uh, and hopefully they'll get all their agreements signed and things will work out, and we'll be able to have uh, a great Mardi Gras. He's talking about Stacy Brown at mm-hmm. the Commission Co- and Tourist Bureau. Uh, Billy, a couple of weeks ago, this thing kind of got sideways with the mayor saying that you really weren't informed about what was going on. You reached out and said you had sent the mayor an email. He said he hadn't heard from you. So let me be a fly on the wall in the room when you walked in to meet with the mayor. How was that? Was it cordial? Did y'all kiss and make up? I mean, did you bring donuts? How did that go? Was it a little awkward? Look, I just went in and said, I'm only here to help. Um, and, And he was very receptive. We had a great meeting. And, uh, and you know, he went over the steps that needed to happen for him to feel comfortable. And uh, so we, we, we both wanted the same thing. So I think there was probably some misunderstanding. I was uh, not informed early on of what was taking place, but I was just concerned that if we changed schedules, uh, anybody that had planned a, a trip, especially since we worked hard to promote internationally, Mardi Gras all over Louisiana. And, and once again, I, my hat goes off to the crews and the members that work year-round that give us that great tool in our toolbox to promote all over Louisiana. And um, and so I'm, I'm just glad everything worked out and uh, look forward to supporting every effort to, uh, to have the best Mardi Gras ever. So in your understanding, then, when you say worked out, the dates are not going to change? Everything is going to no, roll as scheduled? I, that that was my understanding. They still have uh, uh, some things they're working on some, uh, to get the contracts on. But I feel when I left the meeting, I felt everything was well on its way to happening and schedules uh, being worked out to uh, to keep things on the same dates. 
Did y'all have any talks about um, it being the mayor not wanting it to be a nighttime parade? Did that come up at all? And, and what did you say to him about that? Well, he, he, he was concerned about uh, the length of the parade going into the night and, and the officers covering that, but uh, assured me that he was working that out with the crews to uh, everybody's satisfaction. So um, unless I hear differently, I assumed everything is worked out or working out uh, with, uh, with what the crews agreed to. Uh, and I'll stay in, in touch with both the mayor and the crews if I can offer any further assistance on that. We we have heard from some crew members or captains that said one thing that they weren't happy with is the fact that, like, all of the specialty units are being eliminated from the parades. No no marching bands, no drill units, that, that sort of thing. I didn't have that discussion uh, with either the crews or the uh, mayor. I didn't know that was an issue, so I had not been... I had not heard that. I think that was put in place or is being considered. I don't know that it is signed in stone yet to shorten the parade so that it it does end by nightfall. But my question with regard to that is there's a ton of parades in Louisiana that, that roll at night. Why can't we? Yeah, I, I didn't have that discussion. And, uh, you know, the night parades are, are, are a different. Uh, they light up. They have all the beautiful lights. So I, I agree with you that uh, we do have them all over Louisiana. Um, I did not get into detail about uh, the exact time it was ending. So uh, I'll be staying in touch with the crews and the mayor, and hopefully everything will work out. Uh, uh, You know, Mardi Gras is such a special time. And when we travel the world and people say they've come here uh, the time of their life and they keep coming back, and that's what I've... uh, all over the state to support the local Mardi Gras in every corner of the state because it's such a great tool in our toolbox to get people here to have an incredible time and they keep coming back and they tell other people and that word of mouth is what really has helped us grow tourism in every corner of the state they meet the incredible local people and they leave with a friend for life let me ask you one little short question before we wrap this up and this is coming to me I'm sure you've heard it there are folks in our community that they they want to claim and they want to put out there that our mayor is anti-Mardi Gras. Did you get anything like that from him? I mean, and what do you say to crew members who are saying that? No, I did not get that. You know, um, I believe he's, he's sincerely concerned about safety and having enough police officers. And I got the impression in that meeting that he was trying to work things out with the crews. And, and I just offered my support and, and stress, as I've said many times, we got to consider, uh, to try to make these crews, uh, fill their wishes because, and, and do it safely, but they work year round and put up their own money. And, and, and we don't give enough credit to them and the members that have such a love and passion for what they do. And we get to use that to lure people here from all over the world. And I think, if all of the local elected officials and people keep that in mind and, and kind of bend over backwards to help these crews uh, do do what they do best and put on an incredible show. So as far as uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser and your office is concerned, this is a, uh, a done deal and everything's going to work out? Well, I hope so. And I'll stay in, in touch with the mayor and the crews. And, and if I've got to lend a hand and do anything else I can do... I'm I'm surely willing to do that.
Well, thank you so much for talking with us this morning. Hope you have a, a great rest of your week, sir. And y'all get out and vote early. Honor our veterans by voting. Mm-hmm. Um, I ask everybody to make sure they vote. They expect a low turnout this year, which is pretty incredible, um, knowing there's so much stuff on the ballot. So please get out and vote early. Absolutely. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor. We appreciate you. Thank you. 101.7 FM. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten key on Mike and McCarty. I'm shocked. Shocked. You guys, we we all agree. Usually this doesn't happen if I'm in a room with three or four people. Um And I'm not generally a yes man by nature. No, no. <laughs> but I you know, as the weather cools off, we're gonna dip into the fifties, maybe in the upper forties this weekend. Oh. This yes. is when you make those wonderful soups and chilies and gumbos. Yes. And so I was looking yesterday at some of the best gumbos that Louisiana has to offer. So I was looking at some of our best chefs, you know, going back to Justin Wilson and uh, Paul Prudhomme, uh, even Leah Chase from Dookie Chases. And their their recipes are yummy. I mean, and, and I put them all at keelnews.com. But then I got to thinking very few of them, if any of them, actually use okra. Huh. I was surprised. And that is interesting. I love okra in gumbo. You like it? Yeah. Ruby? Sure. I like yeah. fried okra too. No, I'm not a fried okra fan. Oh, me too. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but I like it in the gumbo. I'm fine yeah. with it in the gumbo. But now you gotta get it you gotta cook it a long time to get it the springiness gone, but um, very few of them really use the, the... And you got to chop it. I mean, it's got to be cut right. It's yeah. got to be done correctly. Mm-hmm. And you could buy the frozen bags of it, and those work too. It's already pre-cut. Right. That's fine too. Fresh is always better. But then the other thing I, I'm not sure... This is apparently a thing in South Louisiana. It's not a thing at my house. Potato salad in the gumbo. See, I've never even heard of that. I have to, and try I love it. potato salad. I like a real mustardy potato oh, yeah. salad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, yellow, absolutely. Yes, no white potato salad. Um, no, but but if you put a potato salad in your gumbo, you're changing the roux. You're changing yeah. the consistency. That's is it even gumbo anymore? It's going to be like a milky mush. I think that's what it would look like. Now it may be delicious. I'm sure it is because I, I love yeah. potato salad too. You can actually buy it in restaurants, like in, huh. you know around Lafayette, Brobridge. They they'll serve you potato salad in your gumbo. Wow! Instead of rice, will you try it, Ruben, and let I'm, us know? I, I got to try it. Yeah, I've I've been hearing about it for long enough and haven't tried it. So yeah, I'm, I just have to. I'm just scared to try it. It just seems <laughs> gooky to me. It's just too big a gooky mess. Now, but I, I may do gumbo. Okay, this weekend. here's something else. Mm-hmm. I don't need rice in my gumbo. Really? Yeah. Oh, I love rice in the gumbo. Well, I, I don't dislike it. I'm yeah. not saying I dislike it. But you can drink it just like soup. I can, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can have it just, yeah, in a bowl. Yeah. I haven't shared, and I don't, don't think I'm going to share this recipe because it's my great-grandmother's, and it's the gumbo with the uh, whole crabs in it. I mean, whole crabs, crab meat, oysters. I mean, the whole shebang is in there. And it is divine. Do you remember at the Gentleman's Cooking Classic? Oh, yeah. We were judges a few months ago. That mm-hmm. that gumbo that had 
whole oh, crabs, crawfish. Yes. I yes. mean, it had everything it in did. it. It did. It was delicious. It was amazing. It was good. You can see all those famous gumbo recipes. You got to go read Justin Wilson's recipe because he talk about who you you know you got to cook a roux. You know that he's he's so funny. <laughs> you know that he's so he was hilarious. It's at keelnews.com. So I told anyway. you. I told you one time. Speaking of now, this is not. He wasn't a, a chef, but. Um, when when I was doing mornings at KW, mm-hmm. right behind you, I and these doors weigh about eight hundred pounds. Oh yeah, so you got to kind of get a running start. Mm-hmm. And I kind of burst out the door between records to go get some coffee, and literally ran right into Justin Wilson. Oh, oh son, slow down! It was so funny. <laughs> he came in the studio. I oh. said, "Hey, come in and say hi." I didn't say another word for like 14 minutes. Well, read his gumbo <laughs> recipe. His gumbo recipe is amazing. Amazing. Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us at 640 talking about his uh, budget proposal with Mike and McCarty. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Report Mayor Tom Arsenault has uh, proposed his new budget for uh, upcoming the upcoming session, and we're going to talk to him. He's got a few things, uh, including some pay hikes and rate increases. We're going to find out uh, exactly what he's got in mind next. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning, we're honored to have Shreveport's Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for uh, getting up early. I know you're usually still in bed at 9, 8, 9 in the morning. Aaron's not, not, not true. Not true. No. He can be one of my earliest texts. You oh, know, I, he's I know. up bright and early. I say that in jest. That... You have presented your budget proposal to the council. Um, six, I think it's six hundred and seventy-five million or something like that. Um, six eighty-five, I think. Six eighty-five. What are some of the highlights with regard to uh, what you needed to do to make this budget balance? Well, the first priority that we had was to have a a current year balanced budget, which means not not uh, not budgeting more expenses than we had revenues coming in, and we think that that's the kind of budget that we have to have to go forward on a sustainable basis in the city of Shreveport. So, our budget is about five percent less than last year's budget. Um, and we are uh, in the second priority that we had was crime, and uh, the, the biggest issue we can do with the budget, crime-wise, is to improve police pay and uh, and incentives. We're we're down about 150 officers. We need to do something about both retention and recruitment. So there's a healthy recruitment budget. And we have new leadership in the recruitment uh, section, and they seem to be doing a very effective job. Uh, we're in- effectively increasing the salary of incoming police officers by about $7,200. And the way that we're doing that, well, the way that we're doing that is we're going to pay the supplemental state pay, well, the amount equal to 
supplemental state pay that they start receiving after a year. So their their first year pay will will increase to a little over forty thousand dollars as a result of that. And they get paid part of it, part of it when they enter the academy, and part of it uh, part of it two years later to make sure that we don't train them and send them off somewhere else. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of things in the budget that were a little bit concerning to me, and and and. But I'd asked you about the water and sewer increase several months ago at the North Report, and you were honest then. You said, "Yeah, we're going to need to raise our water and sewer rates." Well, now you're doing it. Yep. Um, you were honest then. I appreciate that. How much is my water bill going to go up? Twenty percent. Okay. Well, why is that needed? We've borrowed. Um, so far, about about a hundred million dollars uh, on water and sewer rates, and when you when you borrow with with revenue bonds, that is where you're pledging your revenues, not the general full faith and credit of the city. When you borrow that, the bondholders expect you to maintain certain ratios of your uh, revenues uh, to your expenses, and we have. That ratio, I believe, is 1.2%, and we've been down around 1%, which means for the last three years in the anticipated, well, in 21 and 22, and we are virtually certain not to make it in 23, which means we're in breach of our covenants. We, we're failing to fulfill our promises to the people who loaned us all that money, and we have to get back in compliance with it or else it affects both our our credit rating and our credibility going forward if we were to try and buy money, uh, borrow money in the future. So uh, that that amount is what it takes to bring us back into line. Of course, we're, we're suffering from the inflationary aspects uh, that everybody is facing. And so our, our chemicals and the things that we have to buy are more expensive. And that, that's the calculation that we made that will have to happen so that we will be in compliance with our bond covenants, with the obligations that we took on to borrow the money to do the sewer work that we've been doing. Mayor Tom, there was also another rate increase that you proposed and uh, was the garbage fee. What's the current garbage fee now? $7. $7. Okay, so you're proposing a $3 increase to bring us to $10 a month. Right. Okay. And and I, I we know we know about the new trucks that are being proposed or have been purchased by the city. What uh, what brought this increase on? When we looked at the things that we felt like we needed to do particularly for public safety, uh, there's a a 5% increase for uh, pay generally for firefighters and or firefighters and police officers. And when we looked at what what our options were there, uh, as well as some of the other things that we thought we needed to do in in terms of blight and street lighting and uh, street repair, uh, we felt that there needed to be less reliance by the Solid Waste Enterprise Fund on the general fund. So this will give additional revenue to that fund and release some funds into the general fund to do the other kinds of things. So that's probably the most difficult decision that that we made in the proposed budget. Because, Tom, you and I know, going back to when we were youngsters, um, our garbage fee was free in Treefort. We didn't pay a fee. 
Uh, your, That's correct. Your predecessor introduced an $18 fee back in 2019. The council settled on a $7 fee. Um, it's we cities governments just can't do things for free anymore. It used to be a service you provided. The, those days are long gone, right? They are most uh, most communities now have gone. Uh, a lot of them have gone to a full service fee uh, to pay a hundred percent of the garbage fee. We're we're trying to maintain a balance between what we believe the general public's pop part of that is, as well as the user fee the user fee portion and this will be it will be less than most communities pay but it's still an increase we know there was a 250 recycling fee that was removed from our bills um is recycling even in the discussion anymore or is that just a a a dead issue there are two if you if you look we're uh we presented the budget in a little different way and we have um what we call decision packages that are other options. They're things that we looked at and decided that they were not not important, but they were less important than the things that we included in our proposed budget. And mm-hmm. there are two different ones that relate to recycling. One of those would be uh, to set up some uh, area, uh, bring it to the recycling uh, center. Uh, I think that one... The estimated cost of that is uh, $1.2 million. And then uh, to bring back curbside, which is a much more expensive proposition, it's in the, in the 3 or $4 million range. We laid those out. Um, in our estimation, the things that we wanted to do were more, while those are important, the things we wanted to do were more important than those, so we included the things that we included in and left that for somebody to look at as a possible uh, as a possible add-on. But to the extent we add anything on, we have to take something off <laughs> because we've only got a fixed amount of revenue coming gotcha. in. Tom, let me ask you one more thing that is kind of irritating me in the in your budget, and and uh, I'll just lay it on out there: pay raises for city workers. Um, you have some in there. They all got thirteen percent last year. So as I sit here in the in the uh, private sector and many people listening to you in the private sector like we don't get 13 percent and then the next year get another raise um explain your your why you're giving some more city workers another increase what we're trying to do is to get back to the real workings of the civil service system and the civil service system works on on basically a, a merit increase based on experience for people and uh, so we're we are reinstituting as a practical matter we're reinstituting step increases that would come for people based upon their longevity as opposed to an across the board's raise uh, across the board raise was that 13% across the board a mistake um that's not the way that I would have done it. Okay. <laughs> That's very diplomatic. I appreciate that. By the way, we, we're going to we'll let you go because I know you got a lot of work to do. We're not talking Mardi Gras with you today. That is still on the table. They're still working on all that. But I know, I hope you'll come back and discuss that when y'all, when y'all are ready to roll. Uh, when, when I have something to report, I'll, you'll be the first person I call. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank we you, Tom. appreciate you. Very good. Thank you all very much. I appreciate your call this morning. You bet. 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and
Trending Talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Earlier, you were asking Ruben and I whether or not to put okra in gumbo. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us had a problem with that. Yeah. But then you asked about tater salad yeah. in gumbo. And I'd never heard of that. But we did get a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. It says, you got to put the gumbo over the tater salad instead of rice. Best things since sliced bread. Now, see, we, <laughs> we got a, says that. Yeah, we got a call, too. We got a call about the gumbo. It's a po- popular issue. We're, you know, we're <laughs> talking to the mayor and everything, and people are talking about gumbo. But um, it is Louisiana, after all. But we did have a caller. She said she's from South Louisiana. She's 83 years old, and she said you don't mix the gumbo, uh, the gumbo and the potato salad. You put them in the same bowl side by side. Well, the gumbo will bleed all so you over it. Oh, so you don't cook it with the gumbo. I got you. No, no, no. no you no. use that instead of rice. Instead of right. rice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I said that makes more sense. But it's still going to melt the potato salad and yeah, blend that, it in. I can try it. I can, yeah, I can uh, try it. I have to try it. We had some school closures. Is that right, Aaron? We do, yeah, because of power outages. It's, um, what is it on your list over there, Ruth? It is Keithville Elementary and Woodlawn. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, Woodlawn leadership, both, yeah. yeah. Are both closed due to power outages. Is that a big storm out there? Still brewing? Yeah, it's it's very windy, but it's uh, there's no rain or okay. anything. Yeah, I think that's uh, all past us. I don't know why our power out goes power goes out when we have rain. I'm not sure when this started. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> <laughs> a squirrel can pee on a line hey, in our neighborhood. Hey, <laughs> hey. Don't say that. <laughs> we, oh, look, yeah. Uh, the district attorney, James Stewart, going to join us coming up after the news, top of the hour, talking about the clemency settlement with the state on the death row inmates. It's all next. Mike and McCarty, 101. FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with Cattle Parish District Attorney James Stewart joining us. Uh, Good morning, Mr. Stewart. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great. and Thank you all for having me on. Thank you for joining, uh, agreeing to join us. Now, the the, uh, pardon board has reached a settlement with DAs and the the attorney uh, general for the clemency hearings. So what does this settlement say, and what does it do? Well, essentially, uh, they agreed with us that they were not following their procedures when they set these clemency hearings. So now uh, they're going to follow their procedures. So essentially, we had four death penalty cases set for clemency hearings between now and the end of this year. Now they will be called administrative hearings, and only one could possibly have a clemency hearing before the end of the year, and that would be Danny Irish. And that was scheduled for the 13th next week. Yes, so now it'll be an administrative hearing, which means they will listen to both sides and decide if they want to have a clemency hearing, but they have to set that, they can't set that any earlier than 60 days, so... The earliest they could set it for a clemency hearing would be the 1st of uh, December. Okay. And then these were being pushed kind of at the behest of the governor, but they were not following their the, their typical rules, and that's kind of why you got involved in the suit, correct? 
Ab- absolutely. Uh, clemency is legal, but they have a lot of uh, T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted, and they tried to expedite it, and we simply pointed out to them the error of their ways, and they agreed. Um, Judge Stewart, let me ask you, the Friday evening hearing, because um, I have no life, I was actually watching, and they went into executive session for a long time to discuss this. I was curious whether you were a part, I mean, are you a part of that? When, like on, on the Internet, are you able to be part of that closed-door session or no? No, we weren't part of the closed-door session. And that basically went in to uh, approve the settlement that they had kind of put to us. And we went back and forth on it, but they had to agree to it. And that's all that the, the executive session was. The attorney representing uh, many of the inmates is is planning to appeal. I'm not sure how that will work. Can you kind of guide us through that? Well, I, we really don't think he has a leg to stand on, but uh, we don't even really think he had a uh, he had standing to even be in this suit. So he's going to take his appeal. But uh, the problem is we're on a, we're on a short timeline. And to get an appeal perfected and up to the First Circuit and everybody briefed the issue and all that, that's going to be kind of hard to do before the end of the year. And Judge Stewart, let me ask you, I was looking at the, the list of inmates on death row and I was stunned when I realized Caddo has 13 inmates on death row, the largest number in the state. This would have been a lot of work for your staff if you have to prepare for four or more clemency hearings, Correct. Well, actually, we were had to already prepare for it. We had hotel rooms. We've been in contact with the, the victims' families in each one of these cases. We've had to go through all the documentation, the regional transcripts, uh, everything they file, uh, the medical records, and all that. So we've already had to prepare as if we were going to have the clemency hearings. And so it, it's uh, uh, some people in my office did a whole lot of work to get ready uh in the lawsuit we did it on short notice mm. i'm uh, talking with uh caddo da james stewart mr stewart i've got a question one of the one of the instances nathaniel code he's been on death row uh for a murder committed in 1985 1985 yeah, he, was tried, he, he actually was tried in 1990 by now associate justice scott creighton when we or in the DA's office mm-hmm. together. Uh, I get regular calls from him about this case, but because right now there, 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 there is no death, uh, there have been no execution in Louisiana right now. We're just in the holding paddle until one or two things are going to happen. Either they're going to figure out a way to start, or they're going to see death guilt is illegal and they got to do it. But we're prepared for get to go forward whenever they tell us we it's time do you support the death penalty i mean you have the most on death row um do you still support it yes i do i mean so long as it's the law of the land uh i support it i, I, I think right now it's very difficult in the state to try a death penalty cases so you'll probably notice over the last five years across the state there maybe been a death Oh, your phone's breaking up. There you go. The the other the other issue I would ask you is uh, clemency and commutation of sentence. Could the governor commute any of these sentences to life? Is that or is there a difference? No, he, he can't do it. He has to have the uh, 
the uh, pardon board make a recommendation to him for clemency, and then that was the only way he could convert him to life. And that's the reason that the defense lawyers had the governor make a request to the pardon board. It, it's kind of confusing because some people think he ordered the, the pardon board, mm-hmm. but he didn't order him. He sent him a very strong request to do it. And was this kind of out of line for the governor, or, or do you do you think or no? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I didn't call everybody by surprise, but I wouldn't say it was out of line. I mean, it was an end run. Uh, I was telling people, you know, I don't blame them for trying to do it. I just blame them for trying to skirt the uh, legal procedure. Were you pleased with the settlement? I mean, I know you signed yeah. off on it, but were you happy with what they decided? Yeah, because plus a few. We're, we're losing you. I'm, your I'm sorry. Could, up. Can you kick your phone? All right. So is you. This better? Oh, yeah. oh, there you are. Yeah. yeah you so go. you're happy with the settlement? Yes. Very happy. Uh, essentially, everything we asked for, we got. So I'm very happy for it. Where do we go now? We'll probably have a new governor before any of these clemency hearings are held now. Um, and that may change the landscape, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Depends on who gets elected. Um, but now they're going to go back to their regular schedule when they would come up, correct? Correct. There's a possibility of having one clemency hearing. Um, that would be in D.C. And if they vote to have that, then we will prepare to argue against it and see where that goes. But as for the other people who had applied, they won't come up before a, a new governor comes up. And, uh, you know, given the political flavor of what's going on, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Do you anticipate Louisiana will start executing inmates anytime soon? I don't know. Essentially, the issue has been because of the process they use, they can't get the chemicals, and they're still under a judge order not to have death penalty. So that's a long process. But according to who's the governor, how big a priority it is, uh, it's reasonable to conclude that we would start having death penalty which may be the reason that they tried to expedite these clemency hearings. Gotcha. Judge James Stewart, thanks for your time. All right. Thank you all for having mm-hmm. me on. Have a good weekend. 1017 uh, FM 7. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 710 Keel. When I grow up, I want to sound like Pete Moss. <laughs> Yeah. Golly. Oh. Of course, that's why he's in Chicago. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, uh, this this weekend, who we have? LSU. Um, it's Missouri. Okay. And and they're higher ranked than we are. Isn't that terrible? <sighs> who who would have thought that? They're I, they're. I, I don't know. I'm just I'm frustrated with LSU. We have hired a new defensive I guy. Just gonna. I was just about to say that uh, in the '82, a, a former defensive coach, uh, Brian Kelly, did bring him in. Mm-hmm. Um, got it. I'm, I'm blank Pete, on his is it name. Pete Jenkins. I, I, is that his name? I, I, I'm I gotta not look sure. it up. Yeah, but he's. Uh, I think I truly believe he's 82 years old. I may yep. be wrong. Pete Jenkins. But Thank he's. You. Uh, he's a he's a brilliant defensive strategist. We need something. Did they did they really get seven hundred yards on us? 
Did Ole Miss really rack up 700 yards of offense on I, us? I had a lady came in yesterday here and uh, w- to do a, a recording session, and we were talking, and we got to talking about LSU. And I said, yeah, I was texting with some friends. I said, my gosh, we, we couldn't stop Cope Middle School. Oh, I know. Running I know. Or, or throw, you know. And she goes, my, my son plays for Cope Middle School. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, my kids went there too. That's, oh, that's why it was top of the mind. So yeah. that was, uh, that was pretty funny, but it, it, it's not funny that, that no, we can't, we can't stop anything. And that was the only blessing was that Ole Miss couldn't stop us either. That's the truth. That was but, the only positive about that game. But we still lost the dang game. And now we've got two losses now, right? Uh, yeah, we allowed uh, 317 rushing yards mm, and never got to the quarterback. Uh, that's a struggle. It is the struggle bus, no so, doubt about well, it. Well, I brought that up, too, because we were talking about gumbo, um, and we were, and I was wondering if you were doing – I didn't do sausage balls. I did, and I'm going to do them again. I might do down-home sausage this time. How's that going to work? I I'm, I might slice them into small little, like, discs and just fling them. <laughs> the dog likes those better than he likes my sausage balls. To be honest, I grilled down home sausage, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm the sausage balls are a lot of work, and the dog likes down home better. So I, I, I'm debating it now. I don't know. Uh, you can totally use the link sausage. You just cut the casing off and then then fine chop the and grind the it up, kind yeah. of. Ooh, yeah, and make my sausage balls out of that. Out of that, yeah. Well, well oh, you say cut idea. the casing off like that's so easy to do. <laughs> it's a, it's a, you know. Uh, I think I think a potato peeler might work. I've never that tried might that work, before. Yeah. But. <laughs> well, I could do that. I could, or I could just put the sausage with the thing on it in the food processor and just chop it all up anyway. Oh, there you go. Yeah. And case, leave the casing on and make my sausage balls. We'll see. <laughs> Coming up, uh, yesterday there were some issues with Shreveport Water. In fact, closed a couple schools. We're going to talk with William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewage, coming up here in about nine minutes from right now. 1017. You can connect with Mike and McCarty on the Shreveport Security Systems Message Board by downloading the Kiel app. By the way, yesterday I was in the truck. I think I was must have been after lunch. And the emergency alert went off <laughs> at 1... 18. Oh, they snuck it in early. Yeah, mine went off at 118. It was scheduled, we were all told, 220 Eastern. Which would of course, 120 one, hour time. Yeah. 120. Now, I started laughing because I know people were talking about, I'm turning my phone off mm-hmm. before it goes off. Yep. Tur- <laughs> I think they did it on purpose. Maybe a little early. <laughs> I was standing in the middle of a bank when it went off, so all of our phones went off in the bank, and we thought it was some kind of alarm or something. <laughs> Everybody I freaked out and hit I the floor. I completely forgot, yeah. <laughs> I Who goes into right a bank it. anymore? I, yeah. I had to deposit a check. I don't like doing the drive through Okay. I, I do mine on the phone. Yeah. It's the greatest invention ever. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quit waving your phone. I know. You're just <laughs> jibber-jabbering. Jeff William Daniel, Shreveport Water and Sewage, going to join us coming up. At- Time to hear from more local newsmakers with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. On the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, uh, William Daniel, Director of Water and Sewerage. Uh, William, do you say sewerage or sewage? Well, the official title is sewerage. I'm Thank trying you. to get it changed. 
<laughs> okay. Yesterday we had some issues. Uh, Caddo Magnet High School was closed. Magnolia School of Excellence was closed due to a loss of water pressure. What happened? We had a uh, blowout uh, of a 12-inch line on Clyde Fant, and it was um, it was an area where we haven't had a blowout in some time, so it was kind of... Uh, unexpected to have a blowout there but nonetheless we did and so um that's a pretty big line and by the time that we got out there and fixed it the water pressure was down was it just a, a faulty infrastructure just age related or what ha- something happened well it's 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 both age related and weather related you know the drought uh that we suffered through for so many months uh, all the water in the ground dries up, and when it does that, it shifts. Uh, the ground actually moves, and, you know, anything buried in there moves with it, and that just stresses, further stresses the pipe, and then when the rain comes back, the ground expands and further moves the pipe. So this, you know, constant moving of the pipe helps, uh us to have more leaks we understand the ymca had to close what other areas were impacted the ymca closed magnolia school closed uh that's really all of the uh it's it's a big it's a fairly big zone and so while people may not have run out of water they should have certainly noticed lower pressure but those were right next to the break did it affect the va medical center no, they have their own. They have a uh, water supply. They have some tanks that they that they use, so it did not affect them. Any any boil advisory now that you've got it fixed and you've got to flush the system at all? Um, anything? Any worries about that? Uh, no, uh, I don't think we had to issue a boil advisory. The pressure did not get low enough in um, the system, but I'll I have to check. Okay. Had a lot of things going on yesterday. I didn't. I know we had one boil advisory uh, in another part of town, but I don't remember one for for the Clyde Fant break. That brings up something, William Daniel, water and sewage director. Sewerage. <laughs> um, uh, how does the Department of of, of, uh, of uh, you know the, the environmental department sound? I'm I'm good with that. I'm good. Unless you're going to charge me more because you got a bigger name. Don't do that. But, um, no, no. no. I, I, here's my deal. I ran into a member of the Capital Improvements Committee, study committee the other day. I'm not going to name names. And I asked this person, what's been your biggest surprise um, that, that you have heard when listening to all the needs in Shreveport? And this person told me that our water system is almost – like a third world country, our water and sewer system. And and he used those words and I thought, you know, I that's scary. It's and I know you come on the air with us and you talk about, hey, we're making improvements, we're fixing it, but you almost want to wave the red flag too and say, look, we this, this is, is an a, urgent problem. Is that an accurate description? Well, I don't know that that it's the that that I would classify it as a third world country, I certainly would not. Uh, we have issues with aging infrastructure. A lot of our pipes are very old, and, you know, that's a problem for the budget because I spend quite a, a, a tremendous amount of money 
fixing leaks in both the water and the sewer system. I spent six hundred over six hundred thousand dollars on a sewer leak um, on two sewer leaks that were thirty feet apart. Mm. You know, just to fix it when, you know, uh, but the cost of replacing the pipe is 20 million. So I got to continue to fix leaks until I can raise, you know, $20 million. And let me just tell you, we're working very hard to do that. The mayor went to Washington, D.C. He met with EPA. He met with uh, WIFIA people. He met with uh, congressmen. We're working very hard to try to get some federal money uh, into our uh, system. But we're not unique. That's the that's the problem. Uh, the, every city, every municipality, every county, parish in the country has infrastructure, aging infrastructure. And you know, last night I went to the Capitol Committee and they they talked all about roads. And I get it. You know, roads are on the surface. You can see them. You know when they're deteriorating. You know when they're bad. But our pipe is underground. People don't see the deterioration. You know, we were talking the other day about the age of our pipe. Well, one of the things, one of the biggest problems when you, as pipes start to age is they collect scale on the inside of the pipe. Mm. So you put in an 8-inch diameter pipe, but 30, 40 years later, it's effectively reduced to 6 inches. Yeah. So all over the system... Our, we're, our ability to deliver water is contracting. With this 20% increase that the mayor is proposing for our uh, water bill, is that going to help you at all? It's going to help. Obviously, it's going to help somewhat. But what we are is we're uh, out of uh, compliance with our bond requirements. So mm-hmm. we're required to maintain a, a ratio of of uh, money to our assets, and we're uh, 1.1, I think, and we're at 0.95. So this that rate increase will put us above the ratio so that we're not in technical default on our bonds. We're not missing any bond payments. Well, Nobody I, needs to get nervous about that. Yeah, yeah. But there are technical requirements to the bonds as well. And does that affect our bond rating? Our bond rating was lowered uh, – mm. A year or so ago, yes, mm-hmm. it does affect your bond rating. Last minute before we let you go, when you presented your wish list to this committee, your total was like $140 million. I mean, your needs are huge. Are, what do you anticipate? That's about 10% of our actual needs. Right. What do you anticipate that? Because that's going to wow. still probably be pared back. What do you anticipate you'll finally end up at? What are you hoping? Well, I'm hoping anywhere from... Fifty to seventy million dollars will make its way onto the to the uh, ballot for the citizens to vote on. I know that's a big ask, but we've got some big needs. Mm-hmm. William Daniel, Environmental Services Director. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's good. That does sound. That sounds much better than water and sewerage. <laughs> yeah, anything sounds better than sewerage. Sewerage. Yeah. Thanks for your time, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. Thank you, William. 101.7 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel.
By the way, in case you hadn't heard, we're looking at 40s Saturday God. night. Now, I'll be at upper, upper 40s. Mm-hmm. 49 for Saturday night. Wow. Wow. Hallelujah. That Amen. That is so cool. We need to get our, our sales manager. Have you had, had her taco soup yet? No. It's time for her to make it. Miss Lisa, it's time for taco soup. I'm expecting it tomorrow now. My wife Sorry. loves taco she soup. She makes a mean one. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's delicious. But yeah, it's cool weather is here. The revel is like, yes, this is awesome. Today will be there one well, day where it's a little bit wet. They'll have to, they'll have to, yeah, muddle through today. Mm-hmm. No pun intended. But then this weekend, tomorrow is supposed to be absolutely beautiful. It is going to be gorgeous. And this, and Saturday, I mean, from next several days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful. And they, you know, they've, they've had great crowds. I've seen some of the pictures. I was down there uh, yesterday. I drove through. I didn't stop, but it was like that lunchtime crowd looked like it was huge. So I'm I'm thrilled that the revel is I mean it's back in a big way, and you know lots of great new things for the kids too. They have the old grocery store and all that stuff. But I haven't been yet. You haven't? No, I, I haven't. haven't been. I haven't gone yet either. I need to go down there. And I usually go first weekend, but my wife went out of town mm-hmm. and uh, had so much else going on. I just I just didn't make it. But we're gonna go. We're gonna go down there. I was. Yeah, it's a it's a one of our greatest events in our community, and it's uh, there'll be lots of great music. They don't book opossum at the Revel, do they? <laughs> no, no, our uh, our content's a little too uh, not family fast friendly. and loose for them. <laughs> <laughs> fast and loose—that's one way to put it. <laughs> Could you ever clean it up for for like an event like that? Uh, the songs would be about forty seconds, but yeah, <laughs> I suppose I could. That's not what you do best, though, right? No. Remember no. on Parks and Rec, Andy Dwyer had a band, you know, uh, uh, Mouse, Mouse Rat. Mouse Rat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh. and he was going to play a kid's party, and he, he goes, maybe I could change my songs. He had sex hair. <laughs> oh, man. And he and he had to change it to something wow. else. Yeah, you know? he, he changed all the songs to kids' songs. Yeah, yeah. kids' songs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I don't think y'all can do that. So you couldn't do that? You we, couldn't change we are thinking, not with our current content, but we are thinking about doing a kid's album. Uh, no, you're not. No, we you're are. not. That's That's been discussed. It has. What's it going to be, silent? <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll do clean-ish content, more more poop and fart stuff and okay. less, uh, less sex stuff, yeah. You have a big Halloween do- event, though. When is that? Uh, Castle Jackson Halloween going on at Bears on Fairfield on the 28th. The 28th. Starts at 7. We got six different acts, uh, bands and DJs, and, and we are, we are kicking it off. Opossum or Arthur is going to be kicking the, the Oh, so you'll off. be, you'll be singing before you're wasted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. We, we did that on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ruben goes, only if I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> only if we can open. Then yeah. I can just party uh, the rest of the time. And that's yeah. the 27th? 28th. 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 Okay. 28th at Bears. Bears. Okay. And by the way, if nobody has heard Opossum, fair warning. It, <laughs> It, it is not what is NSF. Yeah. Uh, Explicit or, or NSF. SF. What is that? Not suitable not, for work. Not safe for work. NS, yeah. NSW. It's not safe for too many places. <laughs> but it is, it is hilarious. It is hilarious. We try to be funny. Yeah. I got to ask you about the logo too, but uh, we got to, we got to, we got to make room oh, for I Sean Oh, I need a new Hannity. sticker for my new car. I got you. I, I thought about you. that. 1017. Mm-hmm.
on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. We're honored to have Shreveport's Mayor Tom Arsenault joining us. Tom, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thank you for uh, getting up early. I know you're usually still in bed at 9, 8, 9 in the morning. Aaron's no, no, not true. Not true. No. He can be one of my earliest texts. You oh, know, I, he's I know. up bright and early. I say that in jest. That... You have presented your budget proposal to the council. Um, six, I think it's six hundred and seventy-five million or something like that. Um, six eighty-five, I think. Six eighty-five. What are some of the highlights with regard to uh, what you needed to do to make this budget balance? Well, the first priority that we had was to have a a current year balanced budget, which means not not uh, not budgeting more expenses than we had revenues coming in, and we think that that's the kind of budget that we have to have to go forward on a sustainable basis in the city of Shreveport. So, our budget is about five percent less than last year's budget. Um, and we are uh, in the second priority that we had was crime, and uh, the, the biggest issue we can do with the budget, crime-wise, is to improve police pay and uh, and incentives. We're we're down about 150 officers. We need to do something about both retention and recruitment. So there's a healthy recruitment budget. And we have new leadership in the recruitment uh, section, and they seem to be doing a very effective job. Uh, we're effectively increasing the salary of incoming police officers by about $7,200. And the way that we're doing that, the way that we're doing that is we're going to pay the supplemental state pay, well, the amount equal to supplemental state pay that they start receiving after a year so their their first year pay will will increase to a little over forty thousand dollars as a result of that they get paid part of it part of it when they enter the academy and part of it uh part of it two years later to make sure that we don't train them and send them off somewhere else there's a couple of things. Second. There's a couple of things in the budget that were a little bit concerning to me, and and and. But I'd asked you about the water and sewer increase several months ago at the North Shreveport, and you were honest then. You said, "Yeah, we're going to need to raise our water and sewer rates." Well, now you're doing it. Yep. Um, you were honest then. I appreciate that. How much is my water bill going to go up? Twenty percent. Okay. Well, why is that needed? We borrowed. Um, so far, about about a hundred million dollars uh, on water and sewer rates, and when you when you borrow with with revenue bonds, that is where you're pledging your revenues, not the general full faith and credit of the city. When you borrow that, the bondholders expect you to maintain certain ratios of your uh, revenues uh, to your expenses, and we have. That ratio, I believe, is 1.2%, and we've been down around 1%, which means for the last three years in the anticipation, well, in 21 and 22, and we are virtually certain not to make it in 23, which means we're in breach of our covenants. We, we are failing to fulfill our promises to the people who loaned us all that money. And 
we have to get back in compliance with it or else it affects both our our credit rating and our credibility going forward if we were to try and buy money, uh, borrow money in the future. So uh, that that amount is what it takes to bring us back into line. Of course, we're, we're suffering from the inflationary aspects uh, that everybody is facing. And so our, our chemicals and the things that we have to buy are more expensive and that that's the calculation that we made that will have to happen so that we will be in compliance with our bond covenants, with the obligations that we took on to borrow the money to do the sewer work that we've been doing. Mayor Tom, there was also another rate increase that you proposed and uh, was the garbage fee. What's the current garbage fee now? $7. $7. Okay, so you're proposing a $3 increase to bring us to $10 a month. Right. Okay. And and I, I we know we know about the new trucks that are being proposed or have been purchased by the city. What uh, what brought this increase on? When we looked at the things that we felt like we needed to do particularly for public safety, uh, there's a a 5% increase for uh, pay generally for firefighters and uh, firefighters and police officers. And when we looked at what what our options were there, uh, as well as some of the other things that we thought we needed to do in in terms of blight and street lighting and uh, street repair, uh, we felt that there needed to be less reliance by the Solid Waste Enterprise Fund on the general fund. So this will give additional revenue to that fund and release some funds into the general fund to do the other kinds of things. So that's probably the most difficult decision that that we made in the proposed budget. Because, Tom, you and I know, going back to when we were youngsters, um, our garbage fee was free in Treefort. We didn't pay a fee. Uh, your, That's correct. Your predecessor introduced an $18 fee back in 2019. The council settled on a $7 fee. Um, it's we, Cities, governments just can't do things for free anymore. It used to be a service you provided. The, those days are long gone, right? They are. Most, uh, most communities now have gone, uh, a lot of them have gone to a full service fee. Uh, to pay 100% of the garbage fee, we're we're trying to maintain a balance between what we believe the general public's top part of that is, as well as the user fee, the user fee portion. And this will be it will be less than most communities pay, but it's still an increase. We know there was a 250 recycling fee that was removed from our bills. Um, is recycling even in the discussion anymore, or is that just a, a, a dead issue? There are two. If you if you look, we're uh, we presented the budget in a little different way, and we have uh, what we call decision packages that are other options. They're things that we looked at and decided that they were not not important, but they were less important than the things that we included in our proposed budget. And mm-hmm. there are two different ones that relate to recycling. One of those would be uh, to set up some uh, area, uh, bring it to the recycling uh, center. Uh, I think that one, the estimated cost of that is uh, $1.2 million. And then uh, to bring that curbside 
which is a much more expensive proposition. It's in the, in the three or four million dollar range. We laid those out. Um, in our estimation, the things that we wanted to do were more, while those are important, the things we wanted to do were more important than those. So we included the things that we included and, and left that for somebody to look at as a possible, uh, as a possible add on. But to the extent we add anything on, we have to take something off. <laughs> because we've only got a fixed amount of revenue coming in. Tom, let me ask you one more thing that is kind of irritating me in the in your budget, and, and uh, I'll just lay it on out there. Pay raises for city workers. Um, you have some in there. They all got 13% last year. So as I sit here in the, in the uh, private sector, and many people listening to you in the private sector, like, we don't get 13%, and then the next year get another raise. Um, explain your, your, why you're giving some more city workers another increase. What we're trying to do is to get back to the real workings of the civil service system. And the civil service system works on, on basically a, a merit increase based on experience for people. And, uh, so we're, we are reinstituting as a practical matter, we're reinstituting step increases that would come for people based upon their longevity, as opposed to an across the board raise. Uh, across the board raise. Was that thirteen percent across the board a mistake? Um, that's not the way that I would have done it. Okay, <laughs> that's very <laughs> diplomatic. I appreciate that. By the way, we we're gonna we'll let you go because I know you got a lot of work to do. We're not talking Mardi Gras with you today. That is still on the table. They're still working on all that. But I know I hope you'll come back and discuss that when y'all when y'all are ready to roll. Uh, when when I have something to report, I'll you'll be the first person I call. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Thank we you, appreciate Tom. you. Very good. Thank you all very much. I appreciate your call this morning. You, you bet. One one. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. You grew up in Baton Rouge. I did, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from birth to how old? 22, I moved oh, here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your entire young life. Yes, absolutely. I'm sure you have fond memories oh. of Halloween. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, my gosh. We always were in a neighborhood where we, we knew all the neighbors. A, we knew everybody on the street. And so when we came, I have five brothers. So when we came, they were like, all right, let's get the big bucket out. Here come the McCarty kids. <laughs> and uh, even if my oldest brother was, you know, babysitting or whatever, he always would grab candy, too. So, yeah, I don't even remember ever trick-or-treating with my mom and dad. No, no, Ever. my mom, no, my mom never no, went with us. They stayed home and gave everything out. We you lived know? in a relatively small neighborhood mm-hmm. in South Bossier, Southern Gardens. Yeah. Um, back in the, you know, mid-60s, it was uh, a, a nice little middle-class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still is, as far as I know. Right. And um, we would make the whole, Aaron had a group of, of boys, you know, and we'd make the whole neighborhood. Oh, Six, eight blocks. Come up and down. Change costumes. <laughs> go back and go back out. <laughs> what my brothers and I did, and this is funny, we would come home with our buckets of, of candy, and we would sit in a circle on the living room floor, 
and we would dump them out, and then we would trade. We'd start bargaining. Oh, yeah. Like, who wants the Hershey bars, and who wants the Reese's, and those, and you know the least valuable item for trade at Halloween? Remember those black, I mean, those, yeah, those black and orange Oh, I love those. Candies. Love those. You could have racked up at my house. You couldn't trade those things for green beans at my house. Nobody wanted them. Right? Oh, mm-hmm. those, uh, what is that? Uh, it's a taffy. Yeah, it's a little taffy. A little we black didn't, and orange taffy. It was we like didn't a bit like of honey. those. Yeah, we kind of like a bit of honey. And we didn't like um, we didn't like Tootsie Rolls either. They weren't big bargaining chips. Yeah, I like Tootsie Rolls, but uh, yeah, if you got and, and of course the little the little fun size. Oh yeah, whoever said that's fun size? I know, I know. What a I know. joke! Oh, and I had the course. I had the little pumpkin. We always went around with the little orange pumpkin. Right? Are those still popular? Well, you know, I, I learned something that I wasn't aware of that I thought this was really interesting. You know, you see kids; they'll have the bags or the the plastic pumpkins mm-hmm. for the most part. But have you ever noticed a blue or a teal pumpkin that a kid uh, that might be carrying? Huh. I had that not actually, that I can say. That actually has a meaning. Does it really? And, and it, now, now, some people might not be aware of it, might think, oh, the teal is cool and it's different and mm-hmm. might carry it for that reason. But the child might be autistic. Oh, I did have, not know that. Or have some kind of like special need, maybe a, a, an allergy or something. Okay. So if you're handing out, you know, candy and you see a child with a blue or a teal pumpkin, you might ask the parent, is there something I need to be aware of? Right. And, and they, they may have not, peanuts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they may not be able to even, you know, say the traditional trick or treat. Right. A lot of times autistic children have a, like a speech impediment or something. Oh, because there's some grown-ups that will stand there and go, say trick or treat before I give you any candy. Yes. Say trick or treat. Yeah. Like, there might be some kids who can't. I hadn't thought of that. So I, I, I thought cool. that was very interesting. You can read about that on keelnews.com. Cool. It made me think of... Uh, Ted Lasso mm-hmm. quoting Walt Whitman. Yeah. Be curious. Absolutely. Not judgmental. You bet. And and have a safe and happy Halloween one. Uh, there we're weeks away, but mm-hmm. this cooler weather bring reminds me. Uh 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarthy on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Keno DA James Stewart joining us coming up right after the break talking about the clemency settlement with the state of Louisiana on these death penalty cases. Find out what he has to say next. Mike and McCarty. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with Cattle Parish District Attorney James Stewart joining us. Uh, good morning, Mr. Stewart. How are you this morning? Good morning. I'm great, and thank you all for having me on. Thank you for joining, uh, agreeing to join us. Now, the the uh, pardon board has reached a settlement with DAs and the, uh, the Attorney uh, General for the clemency hearings. So what does this settlement say, and what does it do? Well, essentially, uh, they agreed with us that they were not following their procedures when they set these clemency hearings. So now uh, they're going to follow their procedures. So essentially, we had four death penalty cases set for clemency hearings, 
between now and the end of this year. Now they will be called administrative hearings, and only one could possibly have a clemency hearing before the end of the year, and that would be Danny Irish. And that was scheduled for the 13th next week. Yes, so now it'll be an administrative hearing, which means they will listen to both sides and decide if they want to have a clemency hearing, but they have to set that. They can't set that any earlier than 60 days. So the earliest they could set it for a clemency hearing would be the 1st of uh, December. Okay, and then these were being pushed kind of at the behest of the governor, but they were not following their their typical rules, and that's kind of why you got involved in the suit, correct? Absolutely. Uh, Clemency is legal, but they have a lot of uh, T's to be crossed and I's to be dotted, and they tried to expedite it, and we simply pointed out to them the error of their ways, and they agreed. Um, Judge Stewart, let me ask you, the Friday evening hearing, um, because I have no life, I was actually watching, and they went into executive session for a long time to discuss this. I was curious whether you were a part, I mean, are you a part of that? Like on on the internet, are you able to be part of that closed-door session or no? No, we weren't part of the closed-door session. And that basically went in to uh, approve the settlement that they had kind of put to us and we went back and forth on it but they had to agree to it and that's all that the, the executive session was the attorney representing uh, many of the inmates is is planning to appeal i'm not sure how that will work can you kind of guide us through that well I, we really don't think he has a leg to stand on but uh, we don't even really think he had a uh, he had standing to even be in this suit so he's going to take his appeal. But uh, the problem is we're, we're on a short timeline and to get an appeal perfected and up to the First Circuit and everybody briefed the issue and all that, that's going to be kind of hard to do before the end of the year. And Judge Stewart, let me ask you, I was looking at the, the list of inmates on death row and I was stunned when I realized Caddo has 13 inmates on death row, the largest number in the state. This would have been a lot of work for your staff if you have to prepare for four or more clemency hearings, correct? Well, actually, we were had to already prepare for it. We had hotel rooms. We've been in contact with the, the victims' families in each one of these cases. We've had to go through all the documentation, the regional transcripts, uh, everything they file, uh, the medical records and all that. So we've already had to prepare as if we were going to have the clemency hearings, and so it, it's uh, uh, some people in my office did a whole lot of work to get ready. Uh, in the lawsuit, we did it on short notice. Mm. I'm uh, talking with the uh, Caddo DA James Stewart, Mr. Stewart. I've got a question. One of the in, one of the instances, Nathaniel Code. He's been on death row uh, for a murder committed in 1985. 1985. Yeah, he actually was tried in 1990 by now Associate Justice Scott Creighton when we were in the DA's office mm-hmm. together. And, uh, I get regular calls from him about this case, but because right now there there there, there is no death, uh, there have been no executions in Louisiana right now. We're just in the holding paddle until one or two things are going to happen. Either they're going to figure out a way to start 
Lord, they're going to take their filters illegal and they got to do it. But we're prepared for it to go forward whenever they tell us we it's time. Do you support the death penalty? I mean, you have the most on death row. Um, do you still support it? Yes, I do. I mean, so long as it's the law of the land, uh, I support it. I, I, I think right now it's very difficult in the state to try a death penalty case. And so you'll probably notice over the last five years across the state there may be been a death Oh, your phone's uh, breaking up. There you go. The the other the other issue I would ask you is uh, clemency and commutation of sentence. Could the governor commute any of these sentences to life? Is that a, is there a difference? No, he, he can't do it. He has to have the uh, pardon board make a recommendation to him for clemency, and then that was the only way he could convert him to life. And that's the reason that the defense lawyers had the governor make a request to the pardon board. It's kind of confusing because some people think he ordered the pardon board, but mm-hmm. he didn't order them. He sent them a very strong request to do it. And was this kind of out of line for the governor, or, or do you do you think or no? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I think call everybody by surprise, but I wouldn't say it was out of line. I mean, it was an end run. Uh, I was telling people, you know, I don't blame them for trying to do it. I just blame them for trying to skirt the uh, legal procedure. Were you pleased with the settlement? I mean, I know you signed off on it, but were you happy with what they decided? Yeah, because plus a few. We're we're losing you. I'm I'm sorry. Can you kick your phone? All right. So you. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, So you're happy with the settlement? Yes, very happy. Uh, essentially, everything we asked for, we got, so I'm very happy for it. Where do we go now? We'll probably have a new governor before any of these clemency hearings are held now, um, and that may change the landscape, I guess. I, I don't know. It depends on who gets elected. Um, but now they're going to go back to their regular schedule when they would come up, correct? Correct. There's a possibility of having from one clemency hearing. Um, that would be in D.C. And if they vote to have that, then we will prepare to argue against it and see where that goes. But as to the other people who had applied, they won't come up before a, a new governor comes up. And, uh, you know, given the political flavor what's going on, uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Do you anticipate Louisiana will start executing inmates anytime soon? I don't know. Essentially, the issue has been because of the process they use, they can't get the chemicals, and they're still under a judge order not to have death penalty. So that's a long process. But according to who's the governor, how big a priority it is, uh, it's reasonable to conclude that we would start having death penalty, which may be the reason that they're trying to expedite these clemency hearings. Gotcha. Judge James Stewart, thanks for your time. All right. Thank you all for having mm. me on. Have a good weekend. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. So your phone went off at one eighteen yesterday. I slept through it. I'm, I'll be honest with you. 
I didn't I didn't hear it. It it was it Must was be on. nice. Must be nice. Slept right through that dang thing. I want to live in Aaron McCarty's world. <laughs> okay, you have to get up at two. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't. Never mind. I was up at two today. Isn't that crazy? I don't understand I that. I don't either. I, I really don't. I don't get it. And I could have slept till four. Now I did go back to sleep. I got up and did a couple little things and then I said, I'm gonna finish it when I get to work. And well so now we've been sleep. told for a week. That the uh, FEMA was sending out a national mm-hmm. emergency broadcast alert test yeah. at two twenty Central uh, Eastern Time, mm-hmm. one twenty our time. Yep, one twenty. All phones in the country will be going off at mm-hmm. one twenty. And I and I know people were going. I'm turning my phone off. Yeah, this is a this is a conspiracy. They're mm-hmm. injecting what was it? Foss gene nanotechnology <laughs> into our brains. And I'm okay. turning. Oh. So they sent it at 118. Aaron, I think that was intentional. I don't mm. think that was a flaw. In Caught the us system. early. Yeah. Get you early before you turn your before phone you off. Before you turn your phone off. Oh, yeah. So they were able to inject these nanotechnology particles, particles mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Into, into, our, brain. into our brains. Mm hmm. Because we hadn't yet turned our phones off. Oh, man. Now, somebody said that their phone went off even though it was not turned on. What? See, I, I don't know how that's possible. How can they do that? I don't I don't see how that's possible. I don't I'm not understand arguing. that. I wasn't I, there. I don't understand that either. And I, ew, that is very bizarre. If that's true, I know that's extremely disturbing. Yes, it really is. If somebody really can is. take control of your phone that isn't even on. What was the difference, though, between yesterday's 120 and the one we get on Wednesdays the anyway? We get a regular Wednesday test anyway. Because what was I the think, difference? I think they're, the regular ones that we do are more regional. They, they, they're not, uh. It's not a, all at once. I mean, this went across television, mm-hmm. radio. Uh, all cell phones. Yeah. Every Ruben said you you were in the bank. Yeah, I was in the bank, and it scared the hell out of everybody in there. We thought some alarm. I bet that was, was kind off. of interesting, though. <laughs> Everybody's went off at the yeah, same time. All, they all went off. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I was in the, the truck by myself, and it went off. The so. other question is, if it went off two minutes early, was that a screw up? Is our EAS system screwed up? No. See, I think. Or it was did intentional. they intentionally send it early? I think it was intentional. Okay. I mean. And, and think about the motivation. Think about the motivation of going two minutes early. That's what Why? I'm... Uh, well, see, and that lends credence to some people going, eh, they did it on purpose. Yes. Before I could turn my phone off. Mm-hmm. Them bastards got me. They caught us early. I, I yeah, I, that's the only logical conclusion you could come to. That's Otherwise, somebody screwed up. And right. how awful is that that our EAS is screwed up? So there's some guy in there going, okay, it's coming up. Oh, I hit the button. Yeah. Oh, I hit it too early. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure I get it. But we're we're all safe from it today. I don't think I have a nano thing in my brain. I hope I don't. They must have let Biden punch the button. Oh, that could be it too. To yeah, that okay. could be. Did you see him yesterday? They asked him about the what are you? What's your advice to the House in their fight with the Speaker? Did you hear his answer? No, no. <laughs> it was pretty funny. He goes, "That's above my pay grade." <laughs> 
Did you really? You're president of the United States, and that's above your pay grade. Ostensibly okay. the most powerful yeah. man in the world. <laughs> what else is above his pay grade, This then? is above your pay grade. Oh, I thought, oh, my. Poor Joe. Golly. Nothing should be above the president's pay grade. Just, I'm just saying. Mm, I know he doesn't make a whole lot of money, but. That's embarrassing. Don't say something like that. That was just silly. That well, was anyway, just silly. I laughed when it went off at 118. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I was like, wait. And the, because the first thing I did was I looked, I go, is my clock off? My, my right. You know, but right. no, it's 118. They all said 118. That's incredible. <laughs> incredible. Mm. <laughs> they got us. Yep. Mike McCarty, 101.7.